Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Just wanted to take a brief moment to give you guys a little idea how we do it here at Paddle and Fin Podcast. We use the Anchor.fm recording platform. Super easy, distributes our podcast to many, many different platforms. There's creation tools to allow you to record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. Check out anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. Welcome to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. This is the final cast segment with your hosts, Brad Hicks and Josh Eldridge where we cast our final opinions on all products good and bad. Welcome to the final cast. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Use promo code PNF20 to save 20% off your jig order. Welcome back to the final cast. I'm Brad. I'm Josh. I'm Brian. And tonight we have David Foyt. He is the NRS rep over at NRS. Welcome to the show, David. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Yeah, man. We we uh, we wanted to get on uh, get you on the show and uh, talk about some cold weather gear because it's uh, it, it's a conversation that we've had here at Paddle and Finn lately, and we just thought it was a good idea to reach out to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we've, uh, we've been having oh, some inner inner podcast arguments so we want to get this straight and see who's right <laughs> no problem i uh, should be able to answer a decent amount of the questions and um you know if i need to follow up and provide any information on your guys' social media pages or anything afterwards to answer any specific questions people might have uh feel free to throw them my way awesome awesome well we always start man um uh, you know, how you got into kayaking, how you got into, you know, uh, NRS, how, how did that all start out for you? Um, long story short, um, 
uh, before I worked at NRS, I had a suit and tie job, pretty high level stress job and uh, kind of moved away from Moscow. That's where NRS is located and uh, found myself uh, coming back to the area and um, started with NRS uh, about 11 years ago. I started in their customer service department and within the first year of working uh, in customer service, I got the opportunity to take over a territory for NRS. Um, so at that time I was managing uh, 14 states for that company or for NRS. Um, a lot of it was actually where you guys are located. Um, so Illinois was part of my territory, Ohio. I uh, had all the Midwest, basically, Great Lakes area, all the way out to the East Coast, so Virginia, Delaware, Maryland kind of area. Nice. Um, about four, about five years ago, uh, NRS developed its kayak fishing category. Um, we really, you know, we had a couple key pieces before that time, which was the Chinook PFT. Yeah. Uh, we really expanded that because we really seen or saw how the growth of all of the paddle sports industry was kind of targeted uh, around kayak fishing. Uh, so we really expanded it. And, um, you know, myself, I was an avid angler, uh, primarily focused on bass. Um, and I almost exclusively fished out of personal watercraft, whether that's a raft, a kayak, or SUP board. Um, so they approached me to kind of help uh, you know, lend a hand with product development, marketing, sales strategies, and also take on the management of the kayak fishing team and ambassador program. Very cool. Very cool. What kind of what kind of kayak you fishing out of these days? Uh, none. None. <laughs> you you uh, fishing off that NRS inflatable sup? I am. Uh, nice. This year was a hundred percent all off of the SUP board. Um, that's Got to do a few tournaments off of it as well. Uh, qualified for the KBFNC off of that SUP board. Nice. Um, not not that I want to take it, you know, to a, a, a different level, um, but it was it was interesting fishing that exclusively um, this year. Yeah, it's I, I know just from from our paddle shop. I mean, we we stock a lot of those NRS inflatable subs and. Everybody loves them, man, because you can break them down. You can throw them in the back of like a sedan, you know, and then yep. just bust them out wherever. So it's cool. Yeah. They're affordable. Um, it, it's <laughs> something new that you're seeing more of for sure, which yep. which is cool. I haven't tried then, it yet, but before that, I, you know, had a Bonafide, had a, a Kusa from Jackson, had a Feel Free Mokin. Um, so I've kind of gone through a few different sure. fishing kayaks and next year i might uh might jump back into a fishing kayak we'll see um what <laughs> nice. i want to do nice so, will you be down at the uh national championship this year oh yeah yeah uh awesome. been since the first one and qualified for the first one and uh you know i, I think it means a lot not only for NRS being a brand sponsor of kbf um but for me for NRS to have someone from the company actually partaking in the tournament and fishing, um, I think yeah. it means a lot uh, for that to happen. Heck yeah. Yeah, that's real cool. Totally mm -hmm. agree with that. How did uh, how did NRS get their start? Uh, you have to you have to go back to 1972. Um, oh wow! Uh, the company started in Eugene, Oregon. Um, our, our founder, his name is Bill Parks. 
Uh, he was a college professor of business at the University of Oregon. And uh, he was an avid whitewater paddler, uh, rafter. And uh, during all of his classes, he had some unique concepts on how to run a small business. And one of, or a group of his students actually called them, called him out on that and, you know, kind of basically said, oh, those are unique concepts. How do you know those actually will uh, uh, benefit a small business and work for a small business? So small little investment, a couple grand. Uh, he started the business out of his garage and uh, it was a direct consumer company at that point. So we were a catalog company. Um, over the next few years, Bill took a job at the University of Idaho in Moscow. And uh, from there, you know, the company stayed in Moscow. And, you know, now we're uh, uh, still a small business, but uh, we're growing. Um, we have probably about 150 square foot uh, warehouse facility. Uh, we just built a brand new corporate facility. Uh, which is where you guys are calling me at right now. This is my office. Um, but definitely growing. And uh, it's what we develop is basically uh, paddle sports products. Uh, we really don't expand out from that that market, but um, we do build some some crossover stuff like apparel. You know, you can feel comfortable wearing that stuff around just casually around town, bike or camping trip. Um, but it's really focused around personal watercraft like rafting, kayaking, SUP, canoeing, sea kayaking. Um, that's really our focus. Right on. Yep. Yeah, I know. I got an, a couple NRS hoodies. I bought one and I was like, man, this is so perfect. And then I bought another <laughs> one. And then I bought another one. And then I bought a sunscreen shirt. And then it, yep. now I got shoes. I got a Chinook. I got this. I got that. It's just like, man. So well, you're welcome. I'm paying your salary this year. Nice. <laughs> awesome. uh, Me and Brad, Josh. Brad's rocking one right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I nice. love this thing, man. Yeah. Ever yep. since they gave it, uh, ever since they gave me and Josh one at our pot paddle shop, I've been wearing it nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Awesome. That's, that's my go-to uh, for sun for sure. Yeah. Uh, one, one big thing I forgot to mention about NRS. Um, so when Bill turned almost or just before his 80th birthday, um, he actually uh, approached uh, NRS employees to purchase the company. Um, so NRS, uh, I believe it's you know about four years ago now, um, or actually no, 2014. Uh, we've been a 100% employee-owned company, so that's something that's very unique. That's very Not, cool. I mean, a lot of people know that, some people don't. So I figured I'd, I'd share that little little bit of information. Yeah, that's that's very unique, very unique. I think that's mm -hmm. cool because everybody that's working there has got a vested interest, right? So, I yep. mean, that just makes everybody want to go that much further above and beyond, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But, uh, um, Dave, I had a quick question in regards to your guys' products. Um, yep. How does NRS test for products in a field? Like, do you guys use, do you have staff? Are you sending these products out to anglers you might sponsor or have, you know, deals worked with? And, like what kind of environments do you guys utilize? Do you guys take it out like in the harshest environments? Like what what kind of examples could you give to us? Yeah, uh, you know, the one thing with NRS is we're almost all paddlers here. Um, so, you know, we have 
couple people on the Grand Canyon right now doing trips, uh, people all over the place, and we're all active and actually participate in uh, what we build. Um, so we do a lot of product testing in-house. Um, I tested the Varial uh, hoodie, um, you know, tested the new Chinooks. Um, a lot of the fishing stuff I will actually take out and use and get a few miles on and report back if we need to change or modify anything. Um, we will also include a few of our sponsored athletes into the development process in R&D. Um, whether that's a whitewater athlete or an angler um, or an SUP athlete, we definitely want to hear back from them. It's it's important they're they're part of the process. Um, you know, Ron Champion is an example. Us building those new bibs, the Champion bib and jacket. He's very influential in in the process and how that product needed to look and perform. Um, yeah, so hopefully that answers your question. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a good good dude to have on your team, no doubt. Yeah. Um, so he, yeah. Saw that he was on a podcast with you guys. Yeah. Uh, couple, I don't know how long ago, but a couple months ago. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was like a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago, something like that. Jay and I nice. talked about him on the or talked with him on the OG show. But um, yeah, so I mean, the whole reason uh, you know we wanted to talk to. Do you prefer Dave or David? I want to get that straight. Dave, David, Foyt. You've been uh, called yeah. worse, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way, so I totally understand. So we wanted to bring Dave on tonight because you know here at Paddle and Finn we had a a, a, a discussion going on about dry suits, when to wear them. Uh, wetsuits, what's the difference, things like that. So I think um, let's start out with the difference between wetsuit versus dry suit and, and maybe when those two are appropriate to use. Okay. Um, so a wetsuit is neoprene. Um, a wetsuit is designed to be a barrier between you and that cold water with the primary focus of it is being... Uh, protection for your core area, keeping you warm around your chest area. And then uh, you can go with a full wetsuit, which will have arms and legs. But that is the basic uh, thought around a wetsuit is to be a barrier between you and the cold water. It is considered wet warmth. So if you end up in the water um, and you have on a wetsuit, you're going to actually get contact with that cold water. But with the neoprene, it's an insulating layer, protecting your core. Um, it's going to provide you with wet warmth. Mm -hmm. A dry suit um, is going to be built, a full dry suit is going to be built with latex socks or fabric socks with latex wrist gaskets, uh, uh, typically a latex neck gasket. The material is going to be a waterproof, breathable material. So once you're all sealed up on the inside of that dry suit and you fall into the water, you're not going to have contact with that cold water, maybe your hands and maybe your head, um, but you're, you're completely sealed up from that cold water. Now, if you wear a dry suit, just the dry suit with no insulating layers underneath there, um, you're going to feel that coldness through the material. You're not actually getting contact with that cold water. But that's why it's also important to layer up with some base layers, non-cotton type of things like polyester, spandex, wool, uh, Polartec fleece. Um, 
but I, I definitely want people to know like the wetsuit isn't going to provide warmth for you. It's a protection layer between you and that cold water. You're not going to have contact with it. Um, so wet warmth is neoprene, wetsuits. Dry warmth is going to be a, a dry suit. Gotcha. So, I mean, when when would be the appropriate time to wear either? I mean, is it, um, you know, because you hear a lot in our industry about uh, the 120 rule, right? Water mm -hmm. temp plus air temp. But I think, I think there's scenarios there that sometimes folks don't talk about necessarily. Like, for instance, a, a touring kayaker may be paddling Lake Superior, where the average water temperature is 43 degrees, but the air temp could be 70 degrees or mm -hmm. 80 degrees. If you fall in that water, it's going to be pretty frigid, which, you know, uh, affects your core, so to speak. It's going to raise it your you heart rate things like yeah. that and you're worried about hypothermia so i mean maybe you can help us you know kind of dial that in when when is the appropriate times for either so the, the rule of 120 is a guideline right. um there, there's many variables involved uh that will adjust that but if, if you want a base guideline the rule of 120 is important um uh what i want to emphasize here is there's a few things involved that will extend your boating season into the shoulder season of the months or of the year. And um, one of the biggest things is a few of the golden rules of kayak fishing or kayaking in general. Um, one of the biggest things is practicing actually getting yourself up out of the water back into your boat. How quickly can you do that? Um, how far you are from shoreline, or you paddling with multiple people that can assist. So all that stuff will fluctuate that rule of 120. But for the most part, for myself personally, I, I was in a dry suit in September in Idaho. Um, you know, you in Illinois, you're, you're kind of maybe just minutely lower than us, but we're, we're experiencing that cold weather and water already. But um, September 30th, we got our first snow here. Now, obviously the water didn't, what was at a decent temperature, but the air temperature was pretty chilly. Yeah, right, being that right. it was snowing. Um, so I was in a full dry suit at that time. I really don't mess around. If it gets chilly outside, um, the benefit with the dry suit, it's breathable. So yeah. even if you're in shorter season type of weather you can wear a dry suit and be comfortable yeah now with neoprene uh, neoprene typically will not breathe so keep that in mind when you're using neoprene if i was fishing and the application i would use a full dry suit would be like surf fishing where i'm actively getting contact with that water that wetsuit's going to be a better option for me um outside of that i typically would suggest someone look at a dry suit. Um, it is a, a bigger purchase item for sure. Um, the costs, you know, a good dry suit would be about $1,000 and go up. Um, but comfort and ease and focusing on fishing, I'm always going to suggest going with a dry suit, especially when you get to that that 60-degree weather and 60-degree water. Um, it, it'll, it'll mean you, you won't... You think best to say this? If you buy a dry suit, um, you won't ever think it was a, a poor purchase. Yeah. Especially how how much it will expand your fishing season. 
you layer up, you can fish in December, January, as long as, you know, the water's open, it's not iced over, um, but you can fish 365 days a year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I fished last winter, probably all winter, you know, mm-hmm. because of a dry suit. If I, if I had open water somewhere I was going out, but I think you touched on something key there, you know, comfortability. Cause you hear a lot of guys go, I don't want to wear one of those. They're uncomfortable. It's this and that. And it's funny, man, I get into arguments sometimes and I know, you know, that was one, one of the topics that came up in, in our personal host conversation was, you know, are those things comfortable? And absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, you know, you were talking about one piece dry suits. So what about like a bibs and jacket set? Are you opposed to that versus a one, one piece suit or uh, which, which style do you prefer, so to speak? Um, so if you don't want to go with a full dry suit, um, there is something, especially if you don't find the latex gasket to be comfortable. So that's the biggest thing around your neck. Um, you're not choking. You're not, you're, you can still breathe. It is uncomfortable at first, but once you start to use it a couple times that you'll get more and more comfortable with it. Um, but there's something called a semi dry suit. So instead of a latex gasket, you'll have a neoprene gasket around your neck. Uh, it's more comfortable. It's more flexible. Um, the one downfall with a neoprene gasket is typically you can't trim it up and uh, adjust the length of the gasket. It's, it's, it's there and it's set. You can't really modify it. But you will still have latex on your wrist and typically fabric socks or a latex sock uh, down, down below. So that will adjust the price down a little bit. So look at semi-dry wear. Um, your next option is going with a dry pant, dry top combo. Um, the dry top and dry pant will have an inner spray skirt tunnel or uh, a skirt basically that you can incorporate into both pieces and create a one piece system. Takes a little bit to get used to how to, how, how to you know, make that perform correctly, but um, once you have it all cinched together and sealed down, you basically have a dry suit at that point. Um, now the disclaimer with that is if you take a bad fall out of your fishing kayak, if you're standing up and you're not watching and you hit a stump and you do a somersault off the front of your boat, you could potentially untuck that. So that will allow some water to get in and flush and then you got to pull yourself back into your boat. So it's important to tuck it in. Um, Typically, you'll have two poles, uh, Velcro straps on each side. You want to cinch those down. Um, but that, that is your other option, too. You can go with a pair of Sidewinder bibs with uh, an Orion jacket, for instance, that will mesh together and create that one-piece system for you. Nice. You mentioned the uh, Champion bibs earlier. Was uh, Is there something you can pair with that, or is that just something you don't so, need yeah, the, so the Sidewinder bibs um, will have fabric socks that are breathable and waterproof. The Champion stuff um, is, is basically rain gear, splash gear. So you're not having your main entry point sealed up by a gasket. Mm-hmm. The Champion stuff was specifically built for a tournament angler that conditions change and they need to adapt and throw on those bibs quickly throw on the jacket quickly and be able to take those off. Um, so the unique thing with like the champion gear is uh, if you have a bigger pair of boots on, they have full zippers that come up the sides of your pants. So you can, you don't have to take your shoes off out on your boat. Uh, you just peel those bibs right off. Um, another thing that we typically try to do 
with all of our splash gear is you can wear that jacket with a PFD over the top of that PFD. Um, we don't want you to ever take your PFD off to shed layers out on the yeah. water. So we try to make things adaptable as much as possible. Um, but to answer your question, champion stuff, splash gear, if you end up in the water, that water's going to come through your main entry points. Yeah. Okay, cool. Answers my now, question. Now, <laughs> going off what you were talking about, hitting the stump and somersaulting off, <laughs> what do you uh, recommend? If you weren't wearing a suit and you happen to go in like that, what should you do? Uh, there, there's a pretty awesome video um, that I would strongly suggest you guys watch and your viewers watch. Um, you can find it on YouTube. It's, it's, I think it was made in 2008. Um, it, it, if you type in cold water boot camp, um, watch that video. So if you're not prepared uh, for cold weather or water, um, there, there's a few things that will take place. Uh, the first thing is called cold water shock. Um, if you do that somersault, make sure your mouth's closed when you hit the water because you're going to gasp for air. Yep. Um, you're going to basically have about one minute to two minutes to collect yourself. Yeah. Um, it is cold. It's difficult to do. Your nerves are going crazy. Your muscles are probably twitching and you know, you're uncomfortable in the water. Um, so hopefully, again, golden rules of kayaking is you're with a group of people um, that can help you assist, get you back into your boat. If you're by yourself, um, it's important that you do practice re-entry. Um, I think you're gonna see more and more videos coming out, tutorials. Um, I know a couple of our anglers are working on some right now, but uh, how to get yourself back into your boat quickly, get out of that cold water. Um, the, the next thing is, you know, you'll, you'll probably have about 10 minutes total, 10 to 15 minutes approximately in the water to get yourself out. Um, and then probably 30 to 30 minutes to an hour to get yourself back to shore and warm um, before, you know, you could potentially, I mean, definitely 30 minutes hypothermia is starting to set in. Yeah. Probably about an hour, you're gonna be close to being unconscious. So um, those are all things uh, to be familiar with, but, um, your, your time is limited. Now, the emphasis that I want to say is if you're not dressed appropriately, please, please, at least make sure you have a life jacket on because yeah. that will extend the amount of time. Yeah. If you were in the water 10 minutes, um, more than likely, if you're not dressed and wearing a PFD, your head's probably not going to be above the water yeah. at 10 yeah, minutes. Absolutely. So having the ability to stay afloat, it's less fatigue. Um, you know, you can focus on getting yourself up out of, out of the water back into your boat with a PFD. Um, yeah, and I want to emphasize wearing that PFD, not not in the back tank well, not in the front mm -hmm. hatch, like on your body. Like that's yeah. something we've always preached here, man. Like yeah. that's especially, I mean, we always, we, we do a thing, no wear, no share. Um, yeah. You know, we always, not just because we build the Chinook and build the Raku and other types of right. uh PFDs, but uh, it, it's important. You could be an Olympic swimmer, and when we talk about cold water and weather, it doesn't matter. Um, you could be the best swimmer in the world, and having that cold water inhibit your ability to function correctly in the water, um, you know, it, it means a lot uh, to have that, that PFD on. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Whether it's cold water or warm water, too. I just yeah. want to clarify uh, that. We just, yeah, we always promote wearing a PFD. Absolutely. Um, it's actually, I mean, it, it's written in some of our contracts for anglers, too. Um, no matter, I mean, even if you're not providing us with content, you got to wear your PFD at all times. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, my opinion, there, there's no reason you shouldn't be, should not be wearing one to begin with anyway, because those NRS jackets are like insanely comfortable yeah it's not like in a 70s when nrs when yeah. you had these giant offshore kind of <laughs> cruise line style pfds um they're really trimmed up and they're comfortable um oh yeah doesn't matter if you're a fly fishing angler or a conventional angler um they're going to be comfortable to cast in comfortable to sit down and move around um yeah Plus, they have all the nice little features. I on. can wear I can wear mine eight hours a day and yeah. not have any issues. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I did that intro to kayak fishing seminar this past summer, and it was to mm-hmm. an anglers club, and it was it was mostly older guys, like kind of retired, and um, you know, I had my Chinook sitting there on the on the kayak, and I had I I can't even begin to tell you how many uh, gentlemen came up to me and they were like, that thing looks super comfortable. Can I try it on? I was like, oh yeah. Dude, I wear this thing 10, 12 hours a day. And they were like, NRS, like, what is this? I've never heard of it. Where do I get it? This and that. And it, it was kind of cool because it's, you know, I mean, NRS is known for being in the paddle sports industry, but I think you're starting to see it carry over into the the boats and things yeah. like that. And, you know, um, I, th- I even think, you know, jet skiers are going to pull, you know, start picking up on that, you know, just because it's so comfortable. So, mm-hmm. um, I think it's cool. I think it's cool. Nice. Yeah, it is cool. Um, so another, I guess another guideline, um, you know, use that 120 rule as a base. Um, but also talk about the, the one ten and one. So one minute in the water to collect yourself, Yeah. yeah. 10 so, minutes to get yourself up out of the water, back into your boat. And then an hour is the maximum amount of time you're going to have before you're potentially unconscious. So, you know, there's progression and, and to actually, I can't stress this enough. I've done it. I've been a certified ACA instructor. Um, you got to practice. Yeah. I know people don't want to do it, but uh, you don't have to have your equipment in your boat. If you don't want to yeah. lose tackle or rods or anything, just take your boat out, uh, go out on the water, fall out of your boat, um, get yourself back out of it and do it a couple times. So you're efficient at it and then add your equipment. Um, you know, uh, at least you know how long it's going to take you to get out of the water. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Brad, and, hold on. Brad Brad and I are going to have a great video this summer, hopefully, yeah. of us practicing re-entry. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I dig it. Well, and that's the thing, too, right? So you mentioned you guys are going to do it this summer. But I think that's that's key, too, is you should try it even in this cold weather condition. You know what Absolutely. I mean? So you know what yeah. you're in for. And, and that's one thing I wanna, wanted to touch on there um, was, you know, the one minute in the water. So, you know, obviously, like you touched on before, your body's kind of going into this shock, like what the heck, and your heart rate is peaking. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've always been told you want to stay in that water for, for like a good minute. So it kind of brings your, your heart rate back down a little bit, calms your yep. nerves and stuff like that instead of just... Mm-hmm falling out and then jumping immediately back yeah just panicking and yeah yeah, collect yourself um then focus on getting yourself back into your boat and and dave 
isn't it? I've heard also that a lot of times when you get cold shock like that, that actually your muscles tense up. So trying to pull yourself up out of the water like that's going to be extremely difficult if you try to do it right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, there's certain things you can probably add to your kayak too that will assist. So straps, you know, something to kind of help you roll your boat back over, um, you know, get the right side up and, and, you know, maybe a couple other places that, you know, there could be something that could help you get back up out of the water um, when your body's freaking out and you're not comfortable and fatigued and shaking and all that stuff. Well, one thing I'll throw out there too for all the listeners is, um, you know, I talked about this on a podcast last winter. You know, there, there. You know, David mentioned ACA. Um, a lot of your local kayak shops they'll do safety and rescue classes, like intro to kayaking classes. And and I did some of those last winter through through the kayak shop I work for. Um, and I tell you what, like you think you know everything about paddling, right? Like we're fishermen, we're a bunch of boneheads. Let's be honest here. Like I know y'all are laughing at yourself right now, but you you know you think you're you're macho man and like ah I'm never gonna fall out of my boat. It's not a matter of when. It's a matter of uh, or it's not a matter of it's not gonna happen. It's a matter of when it's gonna happen, right? And you know doing go go partake in those classes like. You know, in the wintertime, you know, our specific shop, we have a local swimming pool. So we do some safety rescue classes out of a swimming pool in the winter. Like, just re-entry alone, you know. So, I mean, and, and to to be able to sit down with a guy like Dave, who's an instructor, and if you have a question about it, like, you'll get an answer right there. I mean, it's one of those things, like, you're going to have cabin fever anyway. So if you can go partake in that. And I think ACA offers some classes like that, too, at various spots throughout the country. Um, You know, just go take a class. I mean, it. you know, I saw an argument recently on uh, on a state kayak fishing page. And it was like, this guy guy was looking for, he goes, uh, where can I buy a cheap dry suit, right? And uh, a, a tournament director here locally that I'm friends with, he goes, well, what's your life worth, bro? You know, like, mm-hmm. seriously, like, it, it doesn't have to be cheap. Yeah, there are some cheaper options out there, but obviously uh, it's an investment to save your life. And I think that's yeah. that's what really needs to be stressed there. Um, yeah. You know, A, that all a majority of all fishermen, kayak fishermen are boneheads, and they, they have that macho man mentality be get educated on it and see spend that extra money you know it, i mean we always talk about here on the podcast like the most important thing is going home to your loved ones right and especially yeah. if you're going to be fishing the winter months like kbf trail championship in lacrosse i mean air temps were between 40 and 60 degrees but water temps were 45 to 48 like dry suit I mean, it's a must, yeah. you know, you have yeah. to do it. And I saw so so, our so many. Most, oh, go ahead. Our, Sorry, Dave. Our least expensive dry suit uh, is a semi dry suit. Um, so you have that neoprene neck gasket. It's going to retail for $7.99. Um, so that's kind of, you know, your base level. And the one thing when you're talking about pricing out um, dry wear is when you add more zippers and features to it, um, the more expensive it's going to be. So 
the top of the line dry suit from us has a full hood. Uh, you know, it has a little fleece patch with like perforated holes for breathing out of the face mask, um, tons of pockets. Uh, my number one thing when you look at a dry suit is buy one with a relief zipper built into it. Yes, um, I was going to say that. It, it will bump up the price, um, but you will thank <coughs> all of us for that suggestion. Um, buy one with a relief zipper. Yeah, I have the Sidewinder bibs, and it's got that zipper right in the front there. <laughs> and I tell you what. Uh, if that zipper wasn't there, I would have filled my dry suit a few times because I'm a man of like many cups of coffee throughout the day and all through the night. So it's it's key. Definitely invest in that. Brian's sure. dry suit turns into a wetsuit. <laughs> or or Josh falls in the water and attempt to relieve himself on the bank and falls back into the water. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that would have kept you dry that day, my man. That definitely would have kept you dry. I got lucky. It. it was just my arm that landed in there, but uh, the potential to keep it rolling right down that hill. So, now, I did have another question, though. Uh, yep. Any other options uh, other than a dry suit or a wet suit? I know there's guys that use the uh, just waders with a belt. Uh, how do you feel about that? Well, um, so if you don't want to go to dry wear, whether a dry suit, a semi-dry suit, or the dry pad, dry top combo, use neoprene. Um, yeah. You know, it will definitely extend your season, not the full amount, um, but you add neoprene to your, your apparel assortment to get you out of those summer months and get you into early fall or uh, late spring. Um, so add neoprene for sure. Um, but my emphasis is, you know, if you are in warmer temperatures and stuff that neoprene will get warm yeah. when you wear it. Um, but at least you're starting to, you know, um, uh, layer up and insulate yourself. If you do end up some water, you're gonna be better. Uh, outside of that, um, we do have some base layers and things like that. Again, don't ever wear cotton out on the water. Um, when we're talking about using waders, um, so let me bring up the side one, your drive. Bit. It's basically a waiter. We don't call it a waiter okay. um, because it was specifically designed to meet the needs of a kayak angler that maybe will get out of their boat and portage through a shallow section. Or my favorite thing is I'm on tournament day. There's 40 people around me on a boat ramp, and they're all doing the butt scoot off of the shoreline to get their boat <laughs> on the water. Um, with the sidewinders, you just walk right down the water, hop in your boat, and you're good to go. Um, but when you look at the Sidewinder, it, it is a, a wader. You have waterproof socks, uh, technical outerwear for your main build of the suit, relief zipper built into it. It has an integrated weighting belt built into it. But the key thing that I want to emphasize is the Sidewinders are built like a, a pant, a dry pant or a splash pant that you're going to have extra material built into your seat area, your knees, your thighs, it's going to be comfortable to sit down in a traditional river wader or fly fishing wader. Um, might be uncomfortable as, as you sit down. And that's why you see a lot of people roll them down when they sit down into a raft seat um, because they find it to be uncomfortable. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question specifically. Yeah. Make sure at least you incorporate that wading belt 
with that waiter. Yeah. That's okay. important. Because if you end up in the water and you're just wearing a pair of waders, um, you don't have your waiting belt on or cinched down properly, that water's going to flush in to that waiter. Mm -hmm. uh, misconception, you're not going to sink. Um, but pulling yourself back up into your boat uh, is, is going to be difficult because all that water, that weight is going to inhibit your, your chance of yeah. doing that. So essentially, you could pair those those uh, sidewinders with like a dry top and be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. No, and and that's why I love them. You know. Um, I don't if know. If you look look at the waistband, it's neoprene, and then you have yeah. the two Velcro pole loops. Yep. On the waist. Pull it tight. Um, and that dry top is going to have an inner tunnel that you're going to tuck that tunnel into the neoprene waist belt cinch that waist belt down and then the overlaying piece of the dry top will also have a cinch uh velcro okay. cinch so by the time you cinch that down and have it all tucked in correctly you have a one-piece system yeah well, and yeah. would that be cheaper than just a regular dry suit then yeah yeah okay yeah i mean it, it kind of depends like the sidewinder retails for about 450 yeah so it's a pretty spendy piece of product but um it, it's Anybody that's bought one um, for kayak fishing, it, it's probably their go-to piece of gear. Um, and then you got to think about what type of top you want to incorporate it with it. Typically, you're looking at two hundred to three hundred dollars, depending on that top. Okay. Yeah, I love mine, man. So, I guess that's that's another thing, right? So, uh, you know, for the the waders that just have like the the fabric stocking foot, what kind of footwear do you recommend i know like me personally i wear the nrs vibe shoes with that i don't know if that's mm -hmm. the wrong thing to do necessarily i know a lot of guys wear the sidewinder boots you know mm -hmm. those are neoprene um yep. so i don't know where your thoughts on that so with a lot of the dry pants in the market doesn't i'm not going to specifically say nrs but a lot of the the manufacturers that build that item are going to use a thin waterproof breathable sock so you don't have to necessarily worry about bumping up your shoe size so you can wear a pair of tennis shoes with it if you wanted to you can wear a neoprene boot you can wear the vibes you can wear the backwater boots you can wear the boundary boots um so that's a key thing with a lot of like the sidewinders and dry dry pants um you don't have to bump up your shoe size so you can wear something that you're comfortable wearing just wear something. Don't walk around on bare pavement or the gravel, sand, anything with those bare fabric socks. Um, you will you will eat those things up. Fortunately, I, I, I can't say for all the other companies, but NRS doesn't warranty socks or latex gaskets on any of our technical outerwear. Um, there's some end user stuff that needs to happen. You need to take care of that that component of that suit. I just want to clarify. I said sidewander boots, and I meant boundary boots. My bad. Yeah. I, I messed that good. up. You knew where um, I was going or what I was talking about, but I just want yeah. to clarify for everybody else out there in the ether. So. Mm -hmm. Now, traditional waders, they will have thick neoprene boots, yeah. booties, basically. So uh, that, that's why waiting boots are significant. Um, will allow you to accommodate that thicker neoprene sock on the inside. Now, I had a quick question. Um, what other kind of gear do you recommend, uh, recommend when, you know, wearing your dry suits? Like, what else? Uh, we kind of went over the layering type stuff, but you recommend some gloves, types of hats, anything like that? 
Yeah, uh, your head is very important. So it is a beacon for heat exchange for sure. So um, you can wear a beanie, you can wear something. Uh, we do have uh, some neoprene um, uh, head caps basically uh, that will, will keep you warm, uh, especially in most colder months of the year. So um, I haven't personally worn one kayak fishing, but it is an option to kind of layer up your head too. Um, gloves, I'm a huge fan of gloves, both sun and cold. Um, it, it takes a little bit to get used to them when casting and, you know, handling equipment in a, in a fishing kayak, but, um, definitely in the, in the summer months of the year and the shoulder season months, I use a thin fingerless glove. Um, and then once I get in the colder months of the year, I'll, I'll use a neoprene glove. Um, not a traditional neoprene glove, but one that's designed for an angler that will allow your middle finger, your index finger, and your thumb to kind of fold back. And there's a little Velcro loop. So um, if you're casting a bait caster, a spinning rod, or fly line, we'll give you access with those three fingers to cast whatever rod you're using. Um, but I'm a huge fan of, of using a neoprene glove in the wintertime. Um, I can't tell you before we did, before we design uh, the forecast glove. I used a standard neoprene glove and I would have to paddle to keep my hands warm to get to my fishing spot. As soon as I get to my fishing spot, take those gloves off and fish. And within minutes, my hands are starting to get fatigued and turn purple. And um, yeah. 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 I bought a pair of those forecast gloves last winter, man. And they, they do wonders. And they're they nice, take... too, because when you fold those fingers back, there's, like, the Velcro on the top of your finger, so it kind of mm -hmm. stays there. It's not, like, a little flap on the back side of your yep. finger. So you can actually, like, fold it back, have it stay back, so it's nice and comfortable, and you can still, you know, like Dave said, feel your fly line, feel your rod, you know. Yeah, spinning like reel, hooking yeah, that line, and casting. Yeah. yeah. Do, you guys, um, do you guys lose sensitivity, like, while you're fish, fishing? Like, what, like, you can feel bite-wise? Yeah, I mean, you got to get, uh, it's like one one negative. Um, right. <laughs> you know, you're going to lose a little bit, but uh, it's better than, you know, you can't like, Fingers falling off. handle anything, <laughs> like grab anything in your boat. Yeah. You can't grab your pliers or your line cutters. I just, um, I ask because I've been struggling to find a cold, uh, like weather glove. I My hands are perpetually cold all the time, even in the summertime. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah. Um, I've gone out fishing a couple of times when it's been cold, just bank fishing. And then I end up having to quit cause my fingers will start to like really clench up and start to hurt. So yep. I'd like to try those gloves out. So, yep, definitely. Um, you know, I don't want to let anything out, but fingers crossed, I'm working on a different winter glove right now and got some concepts going on. Uh, one disclaimer, I'll be perfectly honest. I'm always truthful. Uh, be careful on the forecast gloves and wiping your nose because of that Velcro. Velcro. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I've done that a couple times. I knew times. where that was going. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it happens, but um, yeah. It, it, it does all right. It, it gets oh. the job done. Yeah, very cool, man. Very cool. I well, did. you brought up uh, a new a new design. Uh, do you have anything else in store for 2020? Uh, so the new Boundary Boots are coming out. Um, it is a boot that 
is our number one seller for kayak anglers is the boundary boot. Mm -hmm. um, it's unique. It's two millimeters of neoprene. It comes up higher above your calf. And the cool thing with all the seams, they're all taped. So you don't get that water saturation through the seams when you walk out in the water. Um, uh, we've done a couple of new things with uh, adding stability bands to the actual toe box area. Oh, cool. So it gives you extra side-to-side -side support. We beefed up the tread on the bottom of it. And then instead of having a Velcro hook and loop pole over the top of the foot, uh, it's now a bungee system. And there's a little garage spot that you can tuck up all your extra bungees so you don't get them snagged on anything in your boat. Uh, so keep your eyes out for the boundary boot. Um, the ETA is kind of adjusted a little bit, but hopefully before the holiday, uh, oh, cool. we should have those in stock. That's cool. Um, two other fishing items, uh, the, the skeleton gloves, which are those lightweight sun protection gloves. Um, and I want to emphasize um, protecting the backs of your hands. Um, it's important for, you know, uh, you know, I'm trying to think how to say this, but um, it's one of the most commonly missed areas for sun protection and cancer, basically. So yeah. uh, I typically will, will suggest everybody wear sun gloves. Um, I, I won't suggest people use sunscreen. Uh, one, it's damaging equipment, line, tackle, fish. Um, uh, so wearing a pair of gloves is, is, is important. Um, and then the forecast gloves were minutely redesigned. Um, it was more aesthetically uh, redesigned on those gloves, but those will be coming out next year too for 2020. Um, uh, the majority of our other fishing line has uh, will not be changed, um, but uh, please keep your eyes out for ICAST 2020. Um, we will be revamping quite a bit of our fishing category um, we'll have some new hoodie colors and the varial there. A um, couple adjustments to champion bibs and jacket, adjustments to the sidewinder bibs, extra more apparel options basically to you know keep you safe and comfortable on the water. Hmm. Yeah, iCast will be really big for NRS. Awesome. I'm excited now. <laughs> iCast. I dig it. Yeah. We're not letting that cat out of the bag, hint, hint. But, um, yeah, no, that's cool, man. I, uh, I, I'm I, out of questions. I think we, we pretty much nailed everything. I mean, is there anything you else you want to talk about, Dave, to, like, kind of get the word out for NRS about any other products or anything like that? Um, I'm trying to think what to, what to say here. Uh, we definitely try our best to listen to the industry, uh, listen to kayak anglers, um, uh, for NRS fishing, our biggest focus is someone that I like to reference as an adventure seeking angler. Um, we're going to be designing these products specifically for someone in a personal watercraft. Um, like I said, whether that, you know, looking at you using the blue sky to someone on an SUP board, uh, in a kayak or in a raft, that, that's really our product focus. So it's really, uh, user-focused products and purposely built. So that's why the sidewinders exist. Um, that's why the Chinook pockets are configured in the way that they are. Um, we definitely listen to the market. So um, follow along with us on social media, follow our anglers. Um, I will be probably announcing our 2020 roster in January. I actually spent the majority of today 
working through contracts and you know updating people on on things that we're doing and changes happening but uh we should have a pretty awesome roster for next year very cool man very cool yep awesome i dig it you guys got anything else no, I, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. I, I definitely learned a lot. I know I'm not a cold water fisherman or anything, but I definitely want to change that and definitely learned a lot about it. So yeah. thanks. I did no have problem. one more question um, mm-hmm. because you touched on it when we were talking about the waders and that sort of thing. If because I have fished kind of, I haven't fished in really cold water yet, but when it's gotten colder. And one of the things that I did is wear river waders, just like we discussed. Mm-hmm. And layering under those things made it to literally the point that I couldn't even bend over to mess with my fish finder. So when somebody's in the market to get a dry suit, what kind of sizing recommendations do you have in regards to having like those proper layers underneath? Yeah. Uh, the majority of all of our, well, all of our technical outerwear will have a sizing chart listed on online on our website or a dealer's website. Uh, so definitely do reference that sizing chart. We will typically want to get your height and your weight. Um, we might ask for a chest measurement, um, but follow that sizing chart. Now with a lot of technical outerwear, it will be built typically with a little bit of extra material. Um, that material, that extra material will allow you to layer up underneath there. Some layering pieces that I would recommend would be like the NRS lightweight. Uh, and then we have our expedition weight, which is our polar tech fleece. Um, but layer up uh, with, with some of those items underneath. And those are all built to have seams that are, are in places that allow you to be friction free and move freely and be comfortable on the water. Um, uh, one thing that here's here's just a quick tip: if you do buy a dry suit with all that extra material built into it, you get into it, you zip it up. Um, there's there's two things you can do: is um, pull out on the neck gasket and crunch down as low as you can go into a ball. Let that neck gasket go and stand back up. It will burp and take out all of the extra air in, inside of that dry suit. When you stand back up, it's going to be, you know, you, you'll notice the difference. Uh, the other thing that I like to do with a dry suit, obviously you're 100% protected from getting contact with the water, is I'll walk out into water up to my, my waist or a little bit further up, and all that water, when you pull out on the, on the neck, will come out of the top of the dry suit. Um, and the cool thing, when we talked about practicing as well, if you do get the opportunity to buy a dry suit and go out and test it in colder conditions, you, you will enjoy it. You'll hop into the water, you sit there and float. You're like, I'm perfectly fine. Get yourself <laughs> back into the, in, into your boat. Um, but that's a couple of things. So when you buy a dry suit, um, you know, burp it when you get sealed up into it. It'll take out all that extra air. If you don't, you'll be, as soon as you sit down in your boat, you'll be like the state puff yeah that's exactly what um, i was gonna say yeah <laughs> like josh is up. looking portly right now <laughs> yeah. man josh let himself go up. yeah it, yeah it's it's pretty funny very cool mm. man we appreciate it very much um, yeah guys gals if you guys have any questions feel free to reach uh questions feel free to reach out to us hit us up on the social media um, Dave has offered to uh, answer any questions that come our way or 
you know um i know just comment or or send a question to the nrs facebook page i mean that's kind of how we got hooked up with dave because Mm -hmm. you know this all started between an inner host uh uh discussion and uh and it was like hey this would be a great podcast and uh so i sent a message over to nrs got a message right away and uh they referred us to dave and said he'd be the guy to talk to on the podcast but um you know i'm sure if they can't answer your question right away they'll find somebody that can answer it for you so um just want to say a huge thank you to dave and nrs for taking the time out to uh, talk with us uh, this evening. And, uh, yeah, guys, it's, you know, like we mentioned earlier, man, it's it's very important. Um, you know, no amount of money can replace your life. So if you guys are going to be out in these cold weather conditions, spend the money, get the investment, protect your life while you're out on the water. Like, like I said earlier, man, it's not a matter of – if it's a matter of when. So with that being said, guys, till next time, tight lines, smooth paddling. Did you know you could help support the podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash paddle, the letter N and fin. You could also do so by going to anchor.fm forward slash paddle, the letter N in fin. Go check out the website, guys, paddle, the letter N and fin.com. Also, check out YouTube, youtube.com forward slash paddle and fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We're doing giveaways, announcements, things like that at Facebook and Instagram at paddle and fin. Shout out to our show supporters Rocktown Adventures, Loveland Canoe and Kayak. Hammered Lures, Fish Mob Lures, TRC Covers, Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com. You can put the Paddle and Fin logo right on your catchboard. Don't forget to go over and pick up your Jig Masters jigs. Use promo code PNF20 and save 20% today. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. It helps grow the audience, helps others find our podcast. So please drop a five-star rating in on the podcast platform you're listening on. Don't forget about the Recycled Plastics program, you guys. Take your used plastic baits, put them in an envelope, mail them to the address in the show notes. Our man Eric Richards at Hammered Lures melts those down, makes new baits, and donates them to various chapters of Heroes on the Water.